to episode 106 of the All the Book Show podcast. Hey, you sound down. No. You seem so sad. No. Try it again. Try it again with a little more, little okay. more oomph. Go. Okay. Hi, guys. This oh. is episode 106 okay. of the podcast. Okay. All right. Now you sound like you're on Sesame Street. That's true, yeah. And not well. No. Those two things. <laughs> this is episode 106. Oh, my gosh. I can't hear episode 106 anymore. I'm Nick Gunning. I'm Eric Mickles. We talk about book news, author news, and literary news mm-hmm. on this podcast. Yeah. This new medium. Which we've been doing for over two years. Yeah. Over 100 episodes. Uh-huh. A lot of fun. That's 100 hours. Good times. That's yeah. more than 100 hours. It is more. Some, some of those, long. woo, that James yeah. Bond one is still going somewhere. Yeah. Do so, you know... Uh, a lot of long ones. I don't think I told you this, but I we've been contacted by NASA, and they're going to be collecting uh, about 20 of our episodes. Oh, my gosh. They're sending gonna, it out into space. They're going to engrave them on a solid gold vinyl record. Yep. Well, it's not vinyl. It's solid gold, but record yeah. and sending it out into space? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So someday aliens will be like... Oh, James yeah. Patterson bookshot. Yeah, they're gonna show our species. <laughs> Take me to your leader, James Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's gonna be real confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, today we're gonna Amy be we're gonna be uh, using a listener suggestion. So our thanks to Twitter user Miss Music Box ninety one for suggesting that we talk about the old high school reading list. It's back to school time, so we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna yeah. talk about our collection. We're gonna learn what a. A weird school you went to. That's true. We're going to we're going to hear some listener responses to our question uh-huh. of uh, the the reading list books that moved you the most, and we're just gonna yeah. roll through it, yeah. see what happens. It's gonna yeah. be magical. So thanks again. Anytime listeners want to suggest a topic for us to do, we're happy to cover it. Unless it's weird, we don't want to do a weird one. Yeah, but you we can... won't say if it's weird. But know that our Unresponse is, means it was weird. Is an indictment yeah. on the weirdness <laughs> yeah. of, of your suggestion. Yeah. We haven't said this in a while, but you can find us on Facebook at David A. Howe Public Library. Send yeah. your thoughts there. You can find us on Twitter at yeah. All the Book Show. That's right. <laughs> of course, you can always find us on SoundCloud. You can leave comments and things there. SoundCloud.com yeah. slash All the Books. You can find yeah. us on iTunes. Yeah. Hey, and while you're at iTunes, leave us a rating. <laughs> oh, also, tell your friends. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now that we've covered that, if so you're telling any... me I can buy this car, <laughs> yeah. it's only going to cost yeah. me this. If we have any new listeners, they're like, I'm not going to rate this podcast based on that lackluster introduction. So sorry, <laughs> Whoa. sorry about Excuse that, folks. You. But that's what we're going to be talking yeah. about today. If you have an opinion on whether or not they're EL fudge cookies or elf fudge cookies, let us know. Oh, my gosh. Nick's been going crazy oh my lately. Gosh. I won't tell you which one he thinks, but he thinks it's the crazy one. Yeah, the Keebler, the Keebler elf cookies. There are two options. Yeah. It's either... A, E L and then fudge, right. or you just pronounce it all L fudge, right? Even though there's only one F. I don't understand. Okay, that's fine. So if you want to also weigh in on that, that would yes. be really helpful. I'm I'm team L fudge because that's the only way anyone should say it. Oh hey, you know what? We just got a response to our question on Facebook. I'm going to read it live. Facebook user Joe says "Crime and Punishment" by Dostoevsky was his most influential wow. book. Okay. So Slow thanks, down. Joe. Thanks, Joe. We're going to dig into that, that more. Well, it's dynamic. It just came in now while I'm looking <laughs> at it. True. This is a living, breathing this, podcast, yeah. baby. This, this is a work of art that never starts. <laughs> sure never is. stops. Well, let's talk about our bookmarks. Moving into our first segment here, no, let's, Eric. Let's slow what down. have you got? What do you got to suggest? Wait. You ready? Hold on. Is that good? the eclipse? Well, I can't do is this Is the again. eclipse happening right now? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. I can't. I can't go down that road. All right. What have you been reading? What am I reading? What have I read? Yeah. Uh, I'm not just coming up with a really sweet song. Okay. This is me going... Okay. You're looking. I think this is the first podcast where I can say I finished the fifth season. Oh, boy. And so I finished d- it. did it have a big surprise 11th hour no. exciting ending? No. no. Okay. I didn't like not it. Not good. Uh, I still well, don't know. Good news, everyone. We have the whole trilogy in the, in the collection now. So That's true. you can check it out. Uh, and again, the first and second one were both Hugo winners. Yeah. Uh, she's actually... I don't think we mentioned this last time, but she's now only the... N.K. Jemison. N.K. Jemison is now only the third author to win two years in a row. Really? Yes. Uh, Who are the others? Orson Scott Card won for uh, Ender's Game and... Speaker of the Dead. Speaker of the Dead. And I cannot remember for the life of me the other person. That's all right. You can figure it out while I'm talking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So that's that's still impressive. So you Um, finished it. You didn't like it. No, I are not you like gonna it. read book two? I, I'm someday. gonna have to. Okay, yeah. someday. You're and read book two. who knows? The way things are going, she might win. Yeah, again. That's true. That's, I think she, she'd that's be the first a, person. A hat trick? Is it? If it's bowling, that's called a turkey. Oh, I don't know what it is in the world of okay. sci-fi literature. So, yeah. so again, this is a this is a fantasy novel. Not a lot of plot. Okay, kind of. Well, 
What a stirring endorsement yeah. that was. I don't have to endorse it. No, you don't. But it has a four point. What I got to get this point right. It's a four point three rating on Goodreads. And hmm. as I scroll down, it took forever to find anything that was negative. Do you ever so, do that? Like when I'm sometimes when I'm reading a book that I hate, I go to Goodreads and I just like try to find the one star reviews till yes, I find somebody yeah. who says exactly what I'm feeling. Yeah. Probably not the healthiest approach. But. Yeah, going through the fifth season ratings, I'm like, am I going crazy? Am yeah. I the only one who cares if there's like a plot? I know. I guess so. Yeah. And people are like, oh, this movie. That happens, you know? Dro- just, drove me to tears. I'm like, to tears? Sometimes. Ugh. Anyway, I also yeah. read Superior. This is a comic book. This is a graphic novel written by Mark Millar. Oh, yeah. Uh, the art by Len, Len Liu. Mm-hmm. He did the art for Superman Birthright. Oh, I uh, like that art. Yeah, yeah, that's has, good stuff. Actually, uh, I think. Part of me has to think that was uh, done on purpose because this is kind of a Superman story. Yeah. Uh, a boy uh, with a crippling disease uh, gets his wish granted. He's able to become his favorite superhero character, Superior, mm-hmm. and who is basically in name uh, outside of the name is Superman. Okay. Has all the powers and everything, and uh, like he has a series of movies that are like the. Uh, Chris Reeves, the movies. Chris Reeve movies. That's funny. Uh, and the kid set, talks about like everybody's like Superior's not cool anymore. He's like he is cool because he does the right thing when no one else does, and all this. And so if they turn this into a movie, yeah. it would probably be the first good Superman movie <laughs> we would have. Um, and as our listeners may recall, yeah, Netflix struck a huge deal with Mark Millar. Yeah, I, I'd to be adapt interested his properties because it's a big budget. Like there's a lot of big budget action scenes in here. Yeah, and how he gets the powers might be. Might, there might be a twist in there as well. Okay. But it, it's fun. It's uh, it's cool. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Superman tropes that are played around with. But I enjoyed it. And that's why I think the art was cho- the artist was chosen. Mm. Because... To just... In- yeah. To make it feel like Superman. a Superman sure. series. Uh, that comic. makes sense. And I started reading The Three-Body Problem. Let me tell you something. This might be an unpopular... This might be an unpopular opinion. I'm ready. One body? Fine. Yeah. Two bodies? Sure. Three bodies? No way. You got yourself a problem. That's a problem. At that point. Yeah. yeah that's where things get really so bad. So this is by... Uh, I need to get these two names right. You do. <laughs> this is like a hard sci-fi uh, mm-hmm. book. Um, that's usually when the science is like right at the forefront. Um, and sometimes it can be a little daunting. I like to say I enjoy it. And then I start reading. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is by Leo Sinzen. And it's translated by Ken Lau. And this was written by... Um, you know, I did it again. It's either Lau Sinsen or Leo Sinsen. Okay. And then it should be Ken Lau or Ken Liu. Sorry. Anyway, uh, this was the Hugo winner of the year it came out. Obama himself, former President Barack Obama, read this. Mm-hmm. Um, did he like it? Yeah, it seemed like it. Okay. Uh, so Sinsen is the author. Lau is the translator because uh, this was written in oh, oh, uh, oh. in China. Okay. And, so, and I think this is like, it's interesting because it made me f- realize like how ignorant I am in most of most like asian country history mm-hmm. like i know american we know european history yeah. and then like a lot of us nerds know a lot of japanese history right. uh but as he's talking about this like he's talking about uh china in just the 60s i'm like this was going on in china <laughs> in the 60s and so that's just it's just interesting yeah also a lot of the i don't know if it's because of how it's translated or just because of how the author writes it a lot of phrasing sometimes uh seems close to how you would say something but it's i don't know it, it's I extended okay. there's a less uh there's less um what's the what's the phrase what's is the this word? a pro or a con that you're describing here? no is it's it good? just interesting what contraction there's less oh, contractions okay, okay. um Pur- so purposely yeah okay so yeah. it's a purposeful like odd manner of speaking yeah is it futuristic is it set in the future it's set so i only just got to the part that seems like it's set 40 years after it was okay. set in the 60s right and now it seems like it's going to be set in the present okay or maybe it's going to be set in the future okay i only got to part two All right. I'm so only a lot, a lot of conjecture <laughs> no real concrete no it's interesting so far <laughs> apparently it's about um china in the 60s we got it aliens planning to come to earth and how we're going to react to that okay so. uh, poorly probably would be my guess <laughs> yeah yeah again so. amy adams will be on the scene okay that's so. good that's good as long yeah. as she's there is that it Yes. Oh, for you? I started watching Halt and Catch Fire. Okay. So I don't know how the first season so far isn't fantastic, and I wouldn't recommend it off of what I've seen so far. Okay. But I'm told, and I've read that 
the next seasons get really good. Okay. And the fourth season just started. It's supposed to be really good. So I have to finish the first season to get to the good stuff. And then maybe I can recommend it or not. Okay. So it's about, it's basically, I've, I've read some reviews that are like, I'm not going to mention Mad Men in this review. Mm-hmm. And then they still end up doing it anyway. And I, <laughs> you can tell, like, Lee Pace definitely feels like they looked at uh, Don Draper. Yeah. And were like, let's so do... this is hacking? That's what the show is about? No, it's about, uh, right now the first season is about somebody trying to make... Uh, get in on the personal computer business. I see. They're trying to okay. copy uh, IBM without uh, infringing on right. the, the legality of it. So it's set in like 1980. Return of the Somebody just saw Return of the Jedi that's in theaters. That's 83, right? Yeah, so that's 83. Mm-hmm. So I guess the fourth season is the last one, and it all takes place over like 10 years. Okay. Uh, heading towards like the internet and stuff. I know the third season ends with uh, Super Mario Brothers being in, like a plot point. Yes. The first one. So, I'm in. I'm in. And the new season has Super Mario Kart. So Ooh. I guess, yeah, that's why so I got all, You just track your Mario yeah. progress. Which which yeah. Mario are you playing? That's how you, <laughs> that's how you figure out where you are in the time stream. Yeah, the time stream. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I haven't read a lot since last week. I The only thing I finished was uh, volume one of the Dark Knight Strikes Again, the Frank Miller uh, much derided. Did you return that sequel? I did because yeah. I I got that by accident. I thought I was getting the. Whole I did story. return it. I know we've ordered the full Frank Miller Batman set. Yeah. So as kind of a self punishment to ourselves, I for suppose. Having yeah. The graphic novel collection. Well, the new ones coming out, and yeah. you know, yeah. so us, we're gonna have this whole thing. People us reading uh, the Dark Knight Master Race will yeah. be like monks when they used to go out in a parade and paddle themselves. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So if you don't know, Frank Miller's Batman stuff that people like would be Batman Year One uh-huh. and The Dark Knight Returns. Yes. I don't particularly like The Dark Knight Returns, but people do. I do. Then there's The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Which ha- is pretty much uh, Yeah, everyone reviled. hates. It's yeah. the second one. Yeah. Then there's Dark Knight Master Race. Which is three. Which is three. Well, and then the prequel. there's a prequel, yeah. Dark Knight returns colon the last crusade yeah so we're gonna have all of these yeah. we can talk about it more if people want us to but maybe they don't yeah maybe so they don't. we'll drop it there uh, so i read that first and i sort of liked the beginning of it we'll see where it goes okay. the rest of the way um i'm still reading acts of contrition that uh, star trek palate <laughs> cleanser that i picked up after yeah. my series of dark books that i was reading for the book club you know and i started speaking of book club northern Giraffe by jane austen there you go we're doing a special jane austen book club right so uh, that's what we're reading. I like it so far. Okay. You used to say that our bookmark should be a suggestion uh, box, uh, like where we well, suggest things. I think, yeah, one way or another, right. whether we like it or not. You've read a lot of Star Trek books since we've done this podcast. Yeah. Any of them that you would just recommend straight out to like anybody who... Say it's nobody's picked up Star Trek books before. Mm-hmm. Are any of the books that you've read since we've done this podcast something that you'd be like... Since? Since I've done this podcast. In the two podcast. years. Is in there the, one in the two years of Star or Trek in books recent memory, I guess, that I've read? Is there one that you're oh, like, hey, boy. maybe you like Star Trek? You never read a book? That's Check this a, one out. That's a tough. That's okay. a tough one. I'd have All to think right. about it and get back to you. Well, I mean, if certainly not, we do are. have a Star Trek centered podcast. Yeah, uh, I can't episode. Remember. You mean? Yes, we do yeah. have an episode where we yeah. talked about Star Trek. Yeah, my brother Steve was here. Yep. So you know it's solid. Okay, right there. I was just wondering because you're always reading Star, but you never like just. It's always kind of like you're okay. ashamed to admit that you're reading Star Trek. No, well, here's here's the thing. The the new stuff is all really like serialized, uh-huh. so it's really hard to just pick up a book. Right. So like this Voyager one I'm reading, it's right in the that's, middle of like the Voyager relaunch right. and it would make no sense out that's of it. It's kind context. of funny cuz that's the opposite of the new Star Wars books. Yeah, they're all very standalone. Well, see, I always used to say I wish that the Star Trek books were more like the Star Wars books because I would like to be able to follow a continuity. Uh-huh. Now, it's like if I ever want to pick one up, I'm like, where is this? Where does yeah. this come from? Yeah. It's really hard. You got to be careful what you wish for. I'm going to give you two quick recommendations. <laughs> okay, here original, we go. Original series, uh-huh. The Entropy Effect by Vonda McIntyre. It's just a good sci-fi book. Okay. We have it in the collection. Uh, it's a time travel story. Mm. You don't really need to have like much, if any, knowledge of Star Trek to read it and All enjoy right. it. There you go. Uh, for Next Gen... <laughs> Imzadi by Peter David, uh-huh. but you do need to have watched the Next Gen okay. series. So there's lots more, but I'll stop. There you go. I'll stop. Cool. Yep. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so anyway, just those two. Book Club is uh, Contemporary Classics is currently doing a classic versus a contemporary with Northern Jurabi. Um, Page Turner's Book Club, we're just finishing up 
Nobody Knows by Mary Jane Clark, Getting Ready to Start, The Apprentice, uh, uh, which is a Resilient Isles book by Tess Gerritsen. So you can always join us for those. We have a lot of fun. It's very laid back. No, like, preset questions. It's just kind of a fun, open discussion that often goes off the rails, if I'm being <laughs> fully honest with you right now. Um, yes. Okay. The other author who won, going back. Oh, yeah, sorry, for Hugo's. Hugo, sure. Is uh, Louise McMal- McMaster Bejeweled. Oh, Bejeweled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about her a bunch. Yeah. She's on there all over the place. Yes. I think she's won a lot for short stories and things, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, do you want to get into some book news now? Mm, no. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Oh, oh okay. All right, well, what a twist that was. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm going to start you with large print this week. Large print fans coming out in, this is going to come out in September, actually. Uh, Rayanne Thane, this is book six in her Haven Point series. This is a popular cozy series. Uh, not necessarily romance, but just sort of cozy, inspirational. Uh, in the town of Haven Point, love can't be just a wish and one magical kiss. Oh, love can be just a wish. <laughs> well, which is it? That's important. <laughs> it is. In the town of Haven Point, love can be just a wish and one magical kiss away. So this one, I guess, is more in the romance genre. So forget what I said. Right. You can check this out in large print in September. Okay. Coming out in standard print, uh, while we're on the topic of sci-fi and fantasy, Brandon Sanderson is re-releasing a short novel uh, that was previously published in a big collection. Now it's getting its own standalone mm-hmm. uh, release called Edge Dancer. From number one New York Times bestselling author Brandon Sanderson, a special gift edition of Edge Dancer, a short novel of the Stormlight Archive. Do you know about this like offshoot series? Uh, I hadn't heard of this. I've read the first book of the Stormlight Archives. Okay. That's The Way of Kings. Okay. So this is just, yeah. they're just pulling this one out and putting it... Uh, out fancy like this it's a novella so it hasn't had an individual yeah. release before right brandon sanderson he does that i think currently is our m- most popular fantasy author wouldn't you say in the world no i mean here uh besides george rr R. martin you think george rr R. martin takes it well i think he does because of the show okay um yeah i can't think of another author who would be that plot maybe it's, dinosaur lords as gets, we just found yeah out. seriously uh, our book, Dinosaur Lords, which Eric tried to read and hated, yeah. has had, what, like 36 checkouts it's in the last year? It's had a lot year. for just a book that's, called... It's pretty yeah. high for a, for a sci-fi so fantasy book about Dinosaur books. Lords. Yes. So I did order the sequel, folks. Yes. So if you're one of the 36 people who've enjoyed Dinosaur Lords in yeah. the last uh, couple of months, yes. look no further. No, but yes, Sanderson is, is very big in our yeah. fantasy section. Yeah. So Well, he's got a lot, too. Yeah, he does. So. He does. Uh, Deep Freeze by John Sanford. Er. This is going to be a big hit here. Uh, usually, I think, for us, people like his main series. I can't remember who stars in that. His Prey series. John Sanford. Okay. John Sanford's Prey series is super popular. Johnny Prey. This is set in that world, but it follows uh, Virgil Flowers. I read one of the Virgil Flowers books a while back and actually enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed the main Prey series. So, uh, This is Deep Freeze, Virgil Flowers, book 10, coming to you in October. Uh-huh. Class reunions, a time for memories, good, bad, and as Virgil Flowers is about to find out, deadly. In the thrilling new novel in the number one New York Times bestselling series. This is pretty popular. Lucas Davenport, that's it. Lucas Davenport is the star of the Prey series, and he's Virgil Flowers' like boss. So mm-hmm. Virgil's kind of off doing his own separate thing, mm-hmm. and Lucas is just a minor character in this series. So mm-hmm. if you like the Lucas Davenport series, uh-huh. I think you'd probably like this. Uh, it's less violent. It's less like cerebral and a little bit more hands-on hmm. detective. Okay. So give it a shot if you, if you haven't already. Do you uh, think detectives are hands-on? You would contaminate every single scene you'd be at there. Like, what's yeah. this? Fair point. What's this? Fair no, point. Nick. Your hands off, detective. <laughs> uh, new from America's sweetheart, America's favorite storyteller, uh, the greatest living author, as she sometimes claims for herself. Actually, in 1989, sh- Danielle Steele was listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as having at least one of her books on the Times bestseller list for 381 consecutive weeks. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You think Danielle Steele is telling people she's the greatest living author? No, but I mean, that's, you hear that a lot just because they, this, again, this is like, this is like a similar with the James Patterson, except she's actually writing her own books. Oh. It's like, no. Oh. Oh. I didn't mean that as a dig. I'm just saying, a... Danielle Steele doing her own yeah. thing. 
and sure. continues to do so yeah. with no drop off. Yep. You know, a lot of authors who, yeah. cause she started in the eighties. She yeah. started in 1981. She stuffs her pillows with royalty checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but a lot of authors that really hit big in the eighties, yeah. They're not still yeah. prolific. And if they are, Sorry, Clive it's little smaller presses. Yeah. She's she's doing it. Yeah. So whatever yeah. whatever you think, oh. she's winning. Yeah. Not like Charlie Sheen, but like oh, really. <laughs> wow. That's dated. I know. <laughs> Thanks for pointing are that you, out. Are you in charge of the new scary movie? <laughs> yes, I am. Danielle Steele's Fairy Tale, coming to you in October. The perfect book for the holidays. Cinderella, set amid the winemaking estates of modern-day Napa Valley, complete with an evil Parisian stepmother. Listen, if you want it to be for the holiday, you you retell Cinderella, modern-day New York, Christmas. Yeah. Christmas Eve, there's a ball. Nothing about this says to me that it's Christmas. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's holiday. I'm actually, one, amazed that nobody's done that. Yeah. And two... So hungry to go write that and, Do you and go? make a million dollars. Yeah, it would be, yeah. It would be pretty There's good. a Christmas ball, but my stepmother won't let me go. Yeah. Do you think it's still a pumpkin? Because that's going to be off season. This is kind season. of... Uh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> this is sort of... A yam? Coming on, on the tail end of the YA craze of the... Uh, oh, yeah. The fairy, fairy tale, tale retelling. Yeah. So I wonder... Yeah. I yeah. guess that's that's been big business, fairy tale retelling. So maybe For the young adult, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see... It would be next. Yeah. And yeah, the adult section, the adult books are start taking off. It would be sexier. That's for sure. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's it for me for advance notices. Mm. All right. Well, so. get out of here. Oh, okay. I'm See you later. Stomp, stomp, stomp. What if uh, we were like turned into an old timey radio show where we had a bunch of sound effects? Uh-huh. Like, I'm going to open this closet and then we have all these. Yeah. We could try it. Okay. We could try it for episode 200. Okay. What if we just had a bunch of like car sounds outside your window? Yeah, that'd like be great. trucks and motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so on the New York Times bestsellers list for this week, let's let's take a look. Let's do it. So this is the new, uh, best hardcover young adult fiction. Uh, we were just talking about young adult. Number I, ten. I know. The sun is also a star. Yep, sure is. You still believe that? Yeah, I do. You darn fool. You know what's interesting about these bestseller lists that we cover? Only the hardcover fiction seems to change. Mm-hmm. You know, like nonfiction, as we've discussed, things just stay there forever. Mm-hmm. Young adult, things just stay there forever. Mm-hmm. Seems like the hardcover fiction is the only one that's like truly dynamic. Yes, maybe. All right. Um, just a thought. Yeah, I, well, the young adult section definitely seems to stay. And I think that's just because of fads and stuff, yeah. maybe. I think it might be harder to get... To like break into yeah. that, I don't think. Especially because maybe younger kids or teens... Are harder to get to read That's for fun. Funny. That is a funny like change in the publishing world because it seems like it used to be like oh it's a kids book whatever like mm-hmm. throw it out there and now it's like the YA world is super competitive yeah. because it's yeah. big business. It yeah. has such like has such an adult fan base, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Anyway, what's number nine? Number nine is the Last Magician by Lisa Maxwell. Mm-hmm. So this is the story of you. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Lonely at the top. <laughs> All my other magician friends are gone. Yeah. It's just me. <laughs> I yeah. am the last magician. Yeah. Your life is kind of like the movie Logan, but as a magician. Yeah. Somebody who used to do like yeah. card tricks yeah. and hat tricks. It's like that. Less head stabbings. Yeah. More magic. Did you see that uh, David Hasselhoff wants to bring back Knight Rider, but he says the way to bring back Knight Rider yeah. is to do it like Logan. Wow. Could you imagine like a movie? A Knight Rider. No, I can't. Movie. Like, also, they've already brought back Knight Rider. No, but not like just as a TV series. Just David Hasselhoff living out on his own. Maybe his car is. Maybe he's I, is Kit the there? Car? Is Kit? I don't know. Showing up. Maybe it's just like the voice box. William Daniels also still alive. Yeah. Did you know it was Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World who yeah. voiced that car? Yes, I did. True story. Do you think uh, maybe it's not Kit? Like maybe it's the voice box, but now there's a prototype that's oh, like Kit. Oh yeah. And Hasselhoff has Kit to get 2. that. Kit 2.0 has to get Kit 2.0 yes. to Canada. Yeah. I, guess. I like it. Voiced by Daniel Craig. Don't you <laughs> okay. Think? Sure. Uh, what about uh, Craig Ferguson? That's a, that's a different take. That's <laughs> okay. a different take. All right. Let's move on from Number this. eight. <laughs> Number eight is Alex and Eliza by Melissa De La Cruz. Boring. Really? This list is just boring to me. Jeez. All right. Let's go back to the nonfiction list. No, no. Keep going. Number seven, Crazy House by James Patterson and Gabrielle Chomp. 
It's Carbonata. a crazy house starring yeah. Sinbad. We have this copy. Uh, it's the twin on Death Row. It's the wrong twin, though. I remember that. You think they would be able to tell? Yeah, you would. Uh, number six. This is where it ends, by Marik Nijkamp. Number five. Miles Morales by Spider-Man. Did you finish this? By, wait. I by said, Spider- by Spider-Man. Miles Spider-Man. Morales Spider-Man by Jason Reynolds. Hey, whatever happened to Sinbad? Is he still around doing stuff? Where would that come from? The way I pronounced. The author no, the one that was like Party House or whatever made me think of House Party. Crazy House. Crazy House, yeah. House made me party. think of a movie starring no. Sinbad. Not House Guest? Yeah, House Guest. All right. Look, it was a long road to get there. I'm not going <laughs> to deny that. Number four, Once and for All by Sarah Dessen. Number three, Lord of Shadows by Cassandra Clare. Ooh. So it looks like the first book of uh, The Lady Midnight has finally left the list. Okay. So that's nice. Number two, One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McKinnis. Okay. McManus. I don't know where McKinnis came from. It's no McManus. And number one, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. So now we're on to the adult hardcover fiction. Okay. Let's check this out. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, oh, wow. Into the Water has been shot down all the way to number 14. Uh-oh. It's Sorry, off Paula. the top 10. Paula Hawkins. Eesh. Number 11. Oh, I don't know why I said number 11. All right. Number 10. New this week. A Stranger in the House. Here's another thing. The, that also sounds like a Sinbad. A stranger in the house? If it's like in the house. Yeah. In like a hip way. Okay. You know? Okay. Hip for the 90s. With the with the adult fiction? Yeah. You have a lot more authors that are writing a book every four months. Hey, you know what? It's very astute. So if Cassandra Clare was writing a new, you know... I think she does. Okay. <laughs> I think she does. Uh, so this is... Uh, stranger in the House is by Sherry Lapina. This okay. is about Karen Crump's life is turned upside down when she suffers amnesia because of a car crash. Okay. Remember when that happened to you two years ago? No, I don't. Yeah. I visited you. I was like, hey, Nick, it's me, your friend Eric. And I you're was... like, you are the cool one? Flip turn like, yeah, upside down. Yeah. Uh, number nine, okay. A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tolls. Yeah, there he is. Number eight, new this week, I Know a Secret. What is it? You smell that. Hey, what? That's the secret? Yeah. Everyone knows that, Eric. <laughs> It's by Tess Garristine. Everyone knows that. Oh, this is Rizzoli and uh, Isles. Isles. What number? Investigate two separate homicides and cover other dangerous mysteries. Exciting. Yeah. Does it tell you the number? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No. Seasonal allergies, baby. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, Number seven, The Lying Game by Ruth Ware. Hold on. Stop the presses. (laughs) While you sneeze, I'm going to tell you, we just got another comment on our post. I'm going to read it to you live, folks. Uh, Facebook user Ruth says it's a toss-up between The Jungle by Upton Sinclair or Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. (laughs) All good votes. All good votes. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you, Joe, Uh for your help. All right. Continue on, Eric, my sneezing friend. Oh, my gosh. It's like the back of my throat is having a party and somebody brought... (laughs) Pepper. This is truly terrible. (laughs) It's like they just hit a pinata and yeah. it was full of pepper. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Would you like me to finish the list for you? You got. I can do this, good? man. Okay. Number six is new this week. All right. Exposed by Lisa Scott Align, mm. uh, Benny Rosetto, and Mary D. Nunzio find themselves on opposite sides of a lawsuit, threatening their friendship and their law firm. Oh no. Do you think we could still be friends if you were the prosecutor and I was the defendant? Yeah. Like, be friends afterwards. Oh uh, yeah, I think we could keep it separate. Do you think we could be friends during the trial? Probably. And I'd be like, this defendant is an idiot. Yeah. And then we'd get out of the courtroom and be like, hey, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'd be like, hey, no, all's fair. All's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. No. Uh, would you mind signing this? <laughs> <laughs> as a friend, though. As a friend, <laughs> yeah. I'll sign it. Sure. All right. Certainly I will. Number five, Any Dream Will Do by Debbie ah. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> this is going to be rough. as Because yeah. she doesn't. She stays for a few weeks, Debbie McCombs. Yeah, she'll be there for a while. So. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to have to close my eyes yeah. for a second. Yeah, I'm going to draw back the curtain. <laughs> All, right. All right, what's next? Uh, number four, The Late Show by Michael Connolly. You didn't finish that, right? No, I just picked it up and was looking at it, and it started real dull. So, All right, number three, Camino Island by John Grisham. I haven't read that either. When are you going to do it? I don't know, man. I don't know. He's broken your heart one too Johnny many times. Johnny G, yeah, he's, he's playing fast and loose with my emotions. And, yeah. You know. Uh, we had a lot of good years together, though, so that's a thing. Hard to say. Number two. Okay. New this week. Yep. The Store by James Patterson boring. and Richard DeLayla. That one sounded so boring. Two New York writers go undercover to expose the secrets of a powerful retailer. Yeah. What? I know. 
this guy's marking our books down fifty percent, and then other and our books aren't selling as much. Yep. Buying all our copies of ebooks doesn't sound good. (laughs) Then no one buys them. (laughs) It's about why people don't buy book shots, right? That's the the whole plot. That's it. Yep. Yep. How come book shots failed? It was such a great idea. Well, (laughs) let's write a book about that, my friend. (laughs) Done and done. Uh, Number one, new this week. I hate that. I hate that. And so do our listeners. They love it. Uh, Seeing Red by Sandra Brown. Oh. That's your response after a drum roll? I know. I just, I, you know, Sandra Brown. I wouldn't have expected a number one from her. The TV journalist... Good job, Sandy. ...Cara Bailey and former federal agent John Traper joined forces Don to Draper? expose a web of conspiracy behind a hotel bombing in Dallas. All right. How more excited would you be if this said a TV journalist... I don't have a name. Never mind. Reese okay. Witherspoon Reese. and John... Denver. Not Denver. I, I got <laughs> I, nothing. This is a dead bit. It is. DOA. Yeah. I don't really like Reese Witherspoon either. Hey, speaking of <laughs> I was which, though, say John Travolta. stop the presses. We got a live response. Facebook oh user Lord. Steven says, Hatchet by Gary Paulson. Steven, I'm with you, my friend. Right. I too like that book. You know what? I can't I, wait for this segment to officially start. I discovered Hatchet because of this podcast yes. and my good co host, Eric Donna Mickles. Yes, so like, thank you, I, Eric, for. Uh, Donna's not my middle name. Okay. Uh, I can't remember. Why did we bring up Hatchet? I don't even remember now. Maybe I compared it to something. I think. I think oh, you we know what it was? Very white... early on, I ta- I said I was reading uh, Adrift, mm. which yes. is a young adult book, and I said it reminded me of compared Hatchet. to Hatchet. And you're like, yes. I've never read Hatchet. Yeah, now I've read them all. Yeah, you've read more I've Hatchet read than anybody. All of Brian's saga, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I've written my own entries yeah. into Brian's saga. Yeah, you've got your own. Uh... By the end of that series, Brian's like meeting. Yeah. Meeting these guides who live in the woods forever, and he's like, oh, actually, you're an idiot. Uh, yeah. My name's Brian. I was shipwrecked once. I know everything. Yeah. So lost a little yeah. bit of steam. How's but... your fanfic of Brian stuck on Mars? It's really good. Yeah. He meets the castaways of Gilligan's Island. So, Wow. From the cartoon series Gilligan's Planet. It's a, it's a okay, yeah. crossover. Yeah. So you can do that in fanfic. Uh, oh, here comes the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, they're showing up. Yeah, we have to. It's true. Otherwise, you got an ape with one of them. Yeah. So that's yeah. rough. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Sandra yes. Brown. That's it. Reese that was number one. Speaking of Reese Sorry. Witherspoon, I should have mentioned during our uh, our bookmark that my wife and I started Big Little Lies, the movie starring the Reese TV Witherspoon, show. yes, based on the book by Leanne Moriarty, which we all loved. Yeah, the show didn't really grab me right away. It's it's like six or seven episodes, so we'll probably finish it. But I was expecting a little bit more excitement. But I feel like it's one of those ones where if you've read the book and you know all the turns, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's like The Martian. It's kind of hard to. Mm-hmm. go with the atmosphere because you're like this, then this, then this, yeah. and this. But I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. Uh, hey, do you know what time it is? Uh, it's time to go back to school. <laughs> I thought maybe you'd sing with me when I started. Just Which one were you a doing? A back to school spotlight. Just, oh, you know. I, th- I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess in my head I'm like, <laughs> I, I think of Billy Madison's back to school, back to school. To prove to daddy I'm not a fool. <laughs> I love it. Shoes tied tight. Yeah. Oh, no. Lunch packed up. Shoes tied tight. Hope I don't get into a fight. Can I tell you a tragedy of adulthood? One of the many. Yeah. Go ahead. You don't get to buy school supplies. I loved going and like, I want these folders. Uh-huh. I want that pencil bag. Uh-huh. I want these pencils. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. The school clothes. Did you pick a first day of school like outfit? I hated school. Okay, fine. <laughs> but like, you weren't like, this is what I'm going to wear my first day of school. No, I, I can't remember it. If I did, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, I, I definitely did that. Out. I definitely had like yeah. a first day of school okay. outfit yeah. going on. Yeah. You're going to meet people. Yeah. There's going to be ladies there. I guess. You got to do your best. You got to put your best foot forward. You know? Yeah. Okay. Man, well, so this is, what, this is what the darkest timeline of my life looked like. Caring. Yeah. You, yeah, caring. caring about your own future. Yeah. Wow, that is dark. Yeah, just no. I, I I think I enjoyed back to school shopping. I think okay. I had some cool notebooks. In yeah, it. you got like you, you had uh, a JP traffic keeper, right? Look, Jurassic Park trapper keeper. I don't think so. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, trapper keepers. I think by the time I was using I trapper good, keepers, I love a good trapper keeper. You couldn't find any Jurassic Park trapper keepers. Do they still? Is a trapper keeper still a thing? I don't know. Oh. Um, no. What was I gonna say? No, I liked I liked putting uh, I liked going to the grocery store and getting paper bags and then covering my school books with those. Oh, okay. 
So. Hey, Mental Floss has a great article on the history of the Trapper Keeper. So anybody in your free time can look that up. Hey. I loved the Trapper. It's a pretty keeper. good uh, South Park episode where yeah. Cartman gets a Dawson's Creek Trapper Keeper. Yeah. And this is years after Dawson's Creek was popular. Yeah, but he's so excited by it because it's so smart. It actually starts like becoming self-aware and starts taking over the world. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Skynet situation mm-hmm. from Terminator. It's a pretty good episode. Yeah. So. Well. <laughs> okay. Hey, whatever. As- <laughs> As we as we've been giving out little Nerd. hints, we're going to be talking about the old uh, required <laughs> required reading list. Yeah. So I I've told you a couple of user comments that have come in while we're recording. There's plenty more uh, that we're going to cover, and maybe some exciting new ones will show up. Yes. But we're going to be talking about the reading list. So we have a few places that we're going to be pulling from, and we have our own collection. Where have these people been coming from live? Just oh Facebook. Right. I got it. Mostly. Man. Oh, I could check Twitter. We have a lot I know. on this Facebook. It's I know. Okay. It's an exciting topic. Uh, and Eric, just to, to do a little business here, pat you on the back. Before Eric started, we did not have a reading list section in this library. Like, we had some books that they were... They were just kept in, like, paperback with yeah. young adults. Yeah, they were, just with the, they were just with the uh, regular old books. So, yes. like, if you were looking for a classic section for kids, it didn't exist. Uh, and so the numbers weren't great on them. And I was looking back here. Uh-huh. I was looking up, you know, what our most circulated items from that collection are. Mm-hmm. And the majority of that collection has checkouts uh, between 2015 and 2017. Like, hey, all, hey, but, hey. all but the most recent ones. That's what I got and there. I, that's what I'm saying. Separating them out like that yeah. has made them, like, really work. So mm-hmm. I pulled some figures. And I'm going to tell you the David A. Howe Library's top ten circulating Ooh. Uh, classics. Now, these are just the classics in the yeah. young adult section. There's yeah. many copies uh, in the adult That's section, true. but we're talking about school age here. All right, so start at 10. Start at 10. Okay. Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> okay, here it is. All right. Uh, with 26 checkouts. Oh, boy. You're going to throw numbers, too. Okay. The Old Man in the Sea. Yeah. By Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. All right. Didn't understand. Number nine. I'm gonna 27 checkouts. Uh-huh. It was close. It was a close yeah, race. It was a close race. Uh, Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Okay. Number eight <laughs> with 28 checkouts. I Very close. Very yes. close. Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. Yeah. Number seven with 29 checkouts. The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Yeah, Salinger. Very popular. Then we have a little bit of a jump here. Uh, 37 checkouts. Care to guess? Uh, Frankenstein or Dracula. Incorrect. Okay. Uh, the Iliad of Homer, oh. 37 checkouts. Pop up to 43 checkouts, Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell. Weird. Uh, number four, mm-hmm. 49 checkouts, oh, wow. Fahrenheit 451 yeah. by Ray Bradbury. Good call. Uh, the top two uh-huh. uh, were surprising to me, but I guess they won't be surprised to you. But uh, number three, Catch-22 by uh-huh. Joseph Heller with 60 checkouts. With 68 checkouts, we have Bram Stoker's dracula nice i wouldn't have guessed that i'm always shelving it are you really it's it's always we have multiple copies of it too okay for some reason that and frankenstein are always checking out yeah so. i did combine the numbers on multiple copies to get that okay number. good yeah. yes so yeah. I, the top 10 i combined all the copies together there you go uh any guess on what our number one uh, so it's not frankenstein it's not frankenstein frankenstein was actually a little frankenstein had about Fahrenheit. i don't think it's animal farm yep what do i i shelve uh weathering heights a lot Okay. But it's not Weathering Heights, is it? All right. No, it's not. You know what? Actually, though, I was wrong about Frankenstein. You were right. That should have been at number six with 33 oh. checkouts. There you go. I missed a second copy that put it up there. So, okay. yeah, it's high up there. Um, it's Pride and Prejudice by okay. Jane Austen. There you go. 75 checkouts. Yeah. Do any of those surprise you? Uh, Little Women, I think. Really? Yes. Okay. I think that surprised me. All right. Mainly because I don't see it. I'm, I'm, I feel like I don't shelve it that much. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I uh, Frankenstein and Dracula, I'm always having to go hmm. put them back. Um, you have two copies of those. One was 17, one was 16. Is, so. is a lot, yeah. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's not a huge section, but it's where we keep all those books. Well, I think it's been a pretty successful section, though. Yeah. That's nice. And I don't think it's New a York lot City of New York City libraries are laughing at us right now. I know. But you know right. what, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Come down to our level. Yeah. Right. Well, no. Don't, or up to uh, our or, level. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's a parallel. It's it's a lateral level. <laughs> Have you found much? Uh, like, do you get a lot of comments on that section? Do you see people? No, but you can definitely tell some of the nerdier kids because of that section. Yeah, because they just uh, 
Like, there was one girl who must have been, like, 12. You mean be- intelligent, astute <laughs> sure. kids. She must have been, okay. like, somewhere between 12 and 14. Yeah. She was looking and looking, and then I just heard her go, yes! And she pulled off the complete works of uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I was like, that nerd. That's, no, it's that's funny. pretty uh, high on the list yeah. as well. Um, that's also where we keep some nonfiction stuff. So that's where we keep uh, Shakespeare books, but also Anne Frank. Mm-hmm. And those check out quite a mm-hmm. bit, too. Yep. Helen Keller's got a lot of checkouts here. Yeah. The story of my life. Yeah. That almost made it in the top ten. Yeah. So uh, I, I think some kids just go over there. Um, and also some adults come in like, where the heck is this? Okay. So. Did you have a moment in, in high school or middle school or whatever you call it? Uh, where you had to read a book and it. Yeah, had an you're the only on you? one I know who didn't have to read books in high school or in yeah. school. That's not entirely true. I okay. just don't like. I haven't read a lot of the class. Yeah. I didn't have to read classics uh, in school, which is weird. It's in weird eighth to me grade, now. I had to read Animal Farm and Fahrenheit 451. Okay, and they're like favorites of mine. Okay, I reread them since. Were you so. begrudging? Were you like, oh man? Or no, you- uh, English was one of the classes I did well in. Okay, because I liked reading. And you could read in class. So, and usually, you know, you had your own free reading. Mm-hmm. So, no, I I didn't usually go into that class begrudgingly. Okay. Uh, only when I had a bad teacher uh, did I dislike it. <laughs> but Burn. English English class is where I first read uh, Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Where I first read uh, Most Dangerous Game. Okay. So, all good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was looking to see, I we didn't get a Fahrenheit 451 mention on the... Uh, that's fine. I'll mention. That's a so. that's a great essential read. I love it. Fahrenheit 451. Yeah, I've read that. Um, yeah, that is good. That was really. good. I mean, I've read lots of stuff because of school because I had to like not just high school like all through school that I ended yeah. up really liking. There mm-hmm. there weren't a lot that I was like this was a bad book. Okay. Um, I can't really think of. It. I think I read The Pearl or maybe like a shortened version. Of Steinbeck. The Pearl. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that I liked. So for the most part, I didn't usually hate required reading okay but i also didn't have to read stuff uh maybe because i didn't get that far mm-hmm. uh i didn't, didn't have to read real heavy stuff i didn't have to read stuff like old man in the sea like i didn't get to any hemingway i didn't okay. have to read uh the great gatsby mm-hmm. or anything so yeah i as we've discussed in other podcasts i devoured the illustrated classics yes which i think are a really great introduction yeah. to that sort of thing because i read those from an early age mm-hmm. You know, and those stories. See, I didn't have to read many of that either. Many of like the super mm. older okay. stuff. I it wasn't. I did. I read the great illustrated classics, mm-hmm. but it wasn't required reading. I'm pretty sure that's how I also read Call of the Wild and White Fang, like on my own and stuff, which is interesting. Okay. So, but we have so many comments. I feel like we need to get to them. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. Starting now. Sure. Go ahead. Um, Give us the first they, one. Like I keep refreshing the page, and it keeps. I keep refreshing our Facebook page, and it keeps getting added. Yeah. So we've got Melanie on Facebook. She said, uh, "All right. So this that moved you. We'll just yeah. You, we'll just we pick. asked on Facebook, uh, did you ever have a book assigned to you in high school that ended up really moving you, and what was it? Uh, so Melanie says, "To Kill a Mockingbird." Uh, and Walden Pond. See, no, I really wish that I would have been forced to read To Kill a Mockingbird as a child, mm-hmm. because I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Right. You know, if I read that younger, because I, I didn't read that until Ghost Set a Watchman. Okay. So I wish that I would have read it younger, because right. I think that's a really good time to... Yeah. That's a very approachable one. Right. You know, because, I mean, sadly, the themes of racism are still just as relevant today as they were when it was written. Mm-hmm. And that is one where you have a young protagonist that is easily relatable to most yeah. ages, you know, so that's that's a good one. Yeah. I could see that really, like, as a child, that having a big a big thing. Right. Um, let go me, let ask, me just... Kayla says, go ask Alice. Which I wasn't familiar with. Did you know that one? I've heard of it. I haven't read it. A teen plunges into a downward spiral of addiction in this classic mm-hmm. cautionary tale. Yes. Uh, written, uh, published anonymously. Yeah. Uh, we now know it was Beatrice Sparks who wrote that, but yeah. it's a... It's like nice a, try, Beatrice. <laughs> a diary of uh, drug oh, use and, right. and all that. So yeah, I imagine that would be a pretty powerful one, too. Yeah. Um says hatchet, hatchet which yeah. you, you read bec- right because because of, of this podcast i yeah. don't remember both liz and steven if hatchet was required reading for me i read it it wasn't in i think i read it in like sixth or seventh grade mm-hmm. or maybe even younger but it, okay. i don't think it was required reading i think it might have been on my own and i don't and i know it was in response because i liked my side of the mountain and i don't know if that was required reading but mm-hmm. both of those 
tend to be. Uh, and I think I liked those because I liked where the red ferns grows, which was required reading. Okay. So, uh, flowers for, uh, Tanya says flowers for Algernon. Oh. This was required reading you know, for me. I've never I really read liked that. It. I've never read that. I've had a copy for a while. I've always wanted to, and I just haven't sat you down. You should, man. It's really Daniel good. Keys. It, Daniel it Keys won a, uh, for Algernon. Hugo. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's, yeah, definitely highly regarded. Lisa says Catcher in the Rye. Have you read that one? No. Catcher in the Rye? No. Nor have I. Part of me feels like I started it. This is no. um, another place that we were looking for this. There's an article that originally appeared on the Huffington Post. 11 required reading books you should reread now that you're older. Uh, originally written by Madeline Crum. Uh, and this is one that she covered in that, Catcher in the Rye. Um, this is from a, a Vulture article by Margaret Lyons. Coming-of-age stories aren't just about characters coming of age. They're sometimes reflections of how we ourselves came of age mm. or didn't. Oh. Picking up Catcher of the Rye for the first time feels like glimpsing a secret world that you're so glad exists. Pick it up later, even just a few years later, and it reads like a sad, albeit compelling story of depression, isolation, and plain old immaturity. Mm. Okay. Uh, Dara, or Dara, maybe it's Dara. Daria? <laughs> yeah. Uh, said the first time they were moved by a book from school was reading The Number in the Stars in fifth grade. And I never read that in fifth grade, or at least I can't remember doing that. Okay. But, uh, That's Lois Lowry. Yes. Okay. But I remember reading uh, a lot of like Holocaust survivor books mm-hmm. in fifth grade. Yeah. Um, and them always like really sticking with me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something, I think there's something about that age where like it's weird, but you just become like obsessed with that topic well that's a decorated book it it yeah. won the newberry medal uh national jewish book award for children's literature mm-hmm. all sorts of things so okay carol says the scarlet letter and i haven't oh, read that i haven't read the scarlet but letter either. Hawthorne, for us Nathaniel Hawthorne. because we read uh silverback uh silverback gorilla <laughs> silver, silver lining playbook, playbook. Yeah. yeah yes they ruined a lot of classics in that yes um and then Jennifer says the Rapture of Canaan. Mm, yeah, I know of that book. Okay, but I have. That's not Fantastic. one I've read. Abby says the things <laughs> Sherry they carried Reynolds wrote the Rapture. Of okay, Canaan. the things they carried. It was assigned when I was in junior. Uh, was a, I was a junior in two thousand one? Is not something I would have chosen on my own, but reading it definitely left a lasting impression, especially as we watched the September eleventh unfold that year. Okay. So what is? I guess I guess I don't know what the things they carried is about. That it would that they would then connect it to September 11th. Well, I'll tell you. Okay, and I'll tell you, you Sarah, have... friend of the show. Sarah says a portrait oh, sure. of the artist as a young man by mm-hmm. James Joyce. Mm-hmm. So, have you read any James Joyce? I have Hello not. Caesar? Okay. Uh, the things they carried by Tim O'Brien. They carried malaria tablets, love letters, 28-pound mind detectors, dope, illustrated Bibles, each other. The things they carried depicts the men of Alpha Company. Uh, and the character Tim O'Brien, who has survived his tour in Vietnam to become a father and writer at the age of 43. Okay. So, heavy. Yeah, definitely. Man, I'm still still happening. I keep hitting refresh. The list keeps getting longer. <laughs> Let me pull one from Twitter here. Okay. Uh, Miss Music Box 91, who suggested the topic anyway, uh, yes. weighed in with her favorites. Uh, their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston and The Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby, you a fan? I read it. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Okay. Her least favorites were Old Man in the Sea and Heart of Darkness. And you were sort of indifferent to Old Man in the Sea, right? You didn't really... No, I mean, it was fine. I get what it was going for. I liked it enough. Um, I didn't understand why the Red Hot Chili Peppers, specifically Anthony Kiedis, were singing that um, in The Hunter. So, uh, no, it's fine. You kind of get it. It's a guy who goes fishing and Mm -hmm. he has to... It's like a huge fish and he almost kills himself getting it. Yeah. And... uh, it's just this big deal. It's probably like his last hurrah, you know? Yeah. Oh, you know what? We just got another comment before we move on. Uh, Facebook user Melanie also says The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. Hey. She says, it was my first time truly understanding the horrors of war and the sacrifices of the military. It was also my first time reading about the Vietnam War, so that would, that would certainly have an impact. Okay. Do you have uh, some others you want to mention? Yeah, let's keep going. Okay. Uh, Maggie says a separate piece. Tina of... Uh, of the same library system as us. That's true. Hi, Tina. Says, of human bondage left a big impression on me, although I don't know if it was necessarily in a good way. Mm. Uh, I'm from, unfamiliar with that. Well, this one's interesting. Our question really was moving, yes. so it sounds like that was moving. Uh, Carrie says, great expectations. And I have seen, like, films or, like, adaptations okay. of that. I guess I don't know. It's interesting that that moved them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's his name, Dickens. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, Abby says a prayer for Owen Meany. Okay. Carol says the lottery. The lottery. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Katie on Facebook says Slaughterhouse Five. Oh, Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, which I still have not read. No. And I need to. It's. Uh, Are you a Kurt Vonnegut fan? No, I've just never read Slaughterhouse Five. Oh, okay. And everybody. Yeah. Talks about well, our, our former director, Michelle, she was a big Kurt Vonnegut fan. She swore by him. Um, Kevin Bacon picks up on the warning signs when he says he liked Slaughterhouse-Five. Mm. And all the all the people in town say, not for us. Wow. That's that's in the movie Footloose. I see. He's like, geez, they don't like Slaughterhouse-Five? Sure. What's next? Dance? A classic in its own right. Me- all right, so Footloose. right. Melanie said the yes, thing they carry. Yeah, got that. Um, and uh, Amy... On Facebook says "Song of Solomon" by Toni Morrison. Oh yeah, I've read "Song of Solomon." Oh yeah, that's an odd book. I didn't, I didn't find it particularly moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was sort of a, I guess, kind of an immersive experience. Just mm-hmm. the culture and the things happening were very different from what I'm used to. So, do you I mean, want to left an impact? Why don't we let's get away from this for a yeah, minute and let's gonna... uh, let's take a look at the uh, some more of the Huff Post. Yeah. So this is get... eleven required reading books you should reread now that you're older. So yes. Nick. Take it away. Sure, Romeo and Juliet. Have you? Did you say you read Romeo and Juliet in school? Yes. And it was fine. Okay. I guess it didn't really do much for me. I mean, it's a good story. Uh, I was in a production of West Side Story as a teenager, so okay. I think I've, I think I've got it. I um, I only, I don't remember a lot from it, but I do remember that there's a line: "Hand me my longsword, ho." Hmm. And you were confused by it. No, I wasn't confused. Okay. It was just. At one time, I was in class, and we had to say quotes from yeah. Shakespeare, and everyone in class had gone before me, so yeah. all the good ones were taken. So yeah. I was like, I don't know if I should just say it. And yeah. he was like, just go ahead. I was like, hand me my longsword, ho. And the teacher was just kind of looked at me, tossed his chalk to the board, and was like, class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You got the final word. Yeah. Uh, reading this tale of young love for the first time, it seems so sincere. Would you die for your one true love? A thousand times, yes. <laughs> we're not saying this classic story, again, this is Huffington Post, yeah, this is, is completely cynical and tongue-in-cheek, but the bard, we think, was a little too nuanced to write something so maudlin. Take a closer look at the play, and you'll find more realistic intricacies, like the fact that Romeo very clearly was a serial monogamous and probably codependent. Yeah, that was so Nick's says, opinion, so not the Huffington, the Huffington Post. <laughs> right. uh, we have The Awakening by Kate Choppin. Mm. Uh, now, I don't know if you know this, but she's usually chopping broccoli. I'm sorry I said chopping broccoli. <laughs> From SNL. An odd Dana Carvey <laughs> sorry. reference. I can't see it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, if I didn't know her, she'd be the woman I didn't know. I don't get it. That's another line from the chopping no, broccoli. From the chopping broccoli. Okay. She's chopping broccoli. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the awakening by Kate Chopping? Uh, sure. Awakenings in high school generally involved edgy new haircuts or the realization that Hemingway existed and was actually a pretty cool guy and a jerk. Uh, be difficult to fully process the conflicting, restrictive nature of a family life when you're still uh, being provided for, rather than doing some of the providing. Besides, by now you may have read some of the Southern literature this book served as a catalyst for, like Flannery O'Connery, o- O'Connor, and Adore Wetley. Okay, that didn't tell me anything about the book. I don't no, think. it didn't. It didn't. They also recommend The Odyssey by Homer. Have you read The Iliad of the Odyssey? Because I have not. But I just... I read a... The Odyssey in school. Okay. There's a new... Well, there's a new like translation mm-hmm. of the Iliad that's coming out. It's supposed to be very good, so I ordered that for our collection. Should I be like coming the down the pike. A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens, Huffington Post suggests you take another look. Mm-hmm. I read the illustrated classic of this one, and it did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. But I love Charles Dickens' writing, mm-hmm. so I would like to go back sometime. Uh, <laughs> Their eyes were watching God. I know my wife loves this book. Um, it was also one of our Facebook uh, so, or Twitter suggestions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stranger by Albert Camus. Yeah, I thought we were going to get... They say this was a polarizing one in high school. Some young readers were appalled by Marisol's callousness and his lack of explanation for committing a heinous crime seemed blatantly sociopathic. Sure, there's no such thing as an incorrect trans- interpreter, uh, but we think uh, Camus' book deserves to be revisited, especially by those who disliked it. When read as an objective explanation of myriad philosophies, exceptionalist, absurdist, naturalism, blah, 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 it may be better appreciated. See, I actually like this book, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was just a story of a guy who just doesn't care, who just mm-hmm. doesn't care about anything, mm-hmm. who maybe is a sociopath, and but he also he feels enough to be bothered by that. Because at see. the end, he kind of goes off on somebody, and it's very like emotional, but he's really just telling him, he's like, 
what's it matter if he cares or doesn't care mm. or all this stuff? It's almost like he's yelling at the guy that caring is more of an issue than his. Hmm. So I, I actually enjoyed it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they put The Handmaiden's Tale, Handmaid's oh, Tale on yes. here by Margaret Atwood. Uh, this, uh, this article predates the TV show as well. So Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know this one very well. You, you've seen the show? I haven't seen the show. Oh, okay. But this is one that we also keep in our young adult section. Yeah. Because it's, I think historically it's been young adult, but now the yeah. show is very, yeah. uh, very adult. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if, uh, if things have changed, uh, but it's dystopia. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, the, the last one that they're recommending here is The Telltale Heart and Other Writings by Edgar Allan Poe. I actually did read this in quite a bit of Edgar Allan Poe in school, mm-hmm. uh, in, in a lit class. Uh, Huffington Post says, To young adults, Poe is among the more enticing authors on the required reading list. He writes stories, for starters, and they're about as thrilling as scary stories to tell in the dark. But so Poe <laughs> po is more than a macabre teller of ghost stories. He was one of the first recognized short story writers, and he essentially spawned the entire genre of detective fiction. Mm-hmm. It's a bold claim. Plus, a thorough rereading will expose you to his finest, less recognized gems like the cask of Amontillado. See, I actually read that one. Someone returned this book from our reading list this morning while I was working at the children's desk. That is a fun fact. Proof that it works. Um, Yeah, I read the cask in in eighth grade as well. Mm -hmm. I liked it. It's the one where the guy takes that person down into the the catacombs and Mm -hmm. starts walling him off alive. I always like because I didn't read a lot of these in school. So whenever whenever the situation arises where I have to like look at lists of classics, mm-hmm. I'm always like shamed that I haven't read yeah. more. So I try to like work them into the rotation. Well, I only you know. just read like of mice and men mm-hmm. and the giver and stuff. Like as an adult, mm-hmm. so. And did you find that they still? How different do you think your takeaway from those was reading them as an adult versus reading them as a teen or preteen? I don't know. I think I'd be more in the moment reading the book okay like i'd be more in it like more absorbed but i mean i really did like the giver and yeah. stuff i think you if you read them as an adult you can analyze them more yeah like that's not, true you're not as thrown about by emotions as maybe you are as a kid yeah. um, sometimes i think their stature can be off-putting to people you know like they know that this is supposed to be a great book right. and they're supposed to like love it and read it yeah. and that can be intimidating yeah you know so yeah yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Do you have, like, do you try to read classics? Sometimes. Do you find yourself... Yeah, I thought I just read one recently. I can't be sure. I try to work them into the rotation. A yeah. lot of the reason why we're doing this uh, Northern Durabi now is because when I was at a conference, uh, I picked up a copy of the books I'd never read it before, uh-huh. and I read the first couple of pages and was really intrigued by it, and I mm-hmm. thought, oh, well, this will be fun. Yeah. So it's nice to work them into the book club every now and then, yeah. but I just s- in my regular reading. I still I plan to, to read For Whom the Bell Tolls. Okay. And, um, oh, shoot, what's that one book? Heart of Darkness, because mm. I haven't read it. But mm-hmm. I tend to like movies or other books that people are like, it's like his version of The Heart of Darkness. So I'm yeah. like, I must. Yeah, you must. There must be part of me that but wants see, to just read The Heart that's, of Darkness. that's where the troubles can come in that's sometime. True. Because yes. that, was, uh, that was me and To Kill a Mockingbird to the extreme. Yeah. I was like, I have read this story hundreds of times. Yeah. And just because that was the progenitor, you yeah. know, it, it still. It's true. It feels like you've, you've done it. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. Yeah, as the kids said in the yeah. early two thousands. Yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, yeah, that was the then. This is now, buddy. They said it all the time. Well, thank you very much to our listeners for all of their responses, and I'm sorry we couldn't get to them all, but uh, please continue to send them in and send us suggestions for future episodes. And stay in school, kids. Read, yeah, that's very important. Read your reading list, yeah. kids. And if you need a good copy, stop into the David A. Howe Public Library in the Young Adult Corner. Yeah. Reading list selection. Yeah. We'll show you right where they are. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What do you Butterfly have? in the sky. <laughs> Joining us next week, LeVar Burton. Just kidding. Yes. LeVar Burton, though, started a new podcast called LeVar Burton Reads, where he reads short stories. And guess who's a ex- subscriber? This guy. Nice. Do you know LeVar Burton more from Reading Rainbow, Roots, or Star Trek The Next Generation? Don't say community, because I know... As a kid, yeah. Reading Rainbow. Yeah, Reading Rainbow. Uh... As an yeah. adult, probably still reading Rainbow. Okay. So, as a senior citizen like you are now, oh, then Roots. Roots, roots definitely. Okay. Yeah. Roots, Roots. Okay, very good. Uh, well, we've got our first concert of the season on Thursday. Library news. Thursday the thirty-first. Library news. Thank you. Otherwise, they think we're still doing the same. Adam segment. Stack, Jason Marsden, 
You're going to come up on stage, play all sorts of instruments, play all sorts of genres. Yeah. It's going to blow your mind. Musically. John Mayer will not be attending. He will not be there. So. No, he won't. He won't. That is a promise to you all. <laughs> So please join us for that that Thursday at 7 o'clock. I mentioned the book clubs. You can sign up for those anytime. And we've got a busy schedule. We've got Naomi Shihab Nye coming in October. We're getting excited about that. A lot of concerts, a lot of talks. History Week is next month, so we'll give you all the information about that coming up. But it's going to be a busy couple of months here at the David A. Howe Public Library. So hope you'll join us for any and all of these programs. Also, tell your friends. Yeah. Anything you want to add before we close up shop? Uh, no. Okay. All right. I respect your decision. <laughs> Thank you. All right, folks. Remember, send us your ideas for upcoming episodes. Next week is 107. Next week is 107. We'll see you then.